Hello, friends. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I'm your host, Heidi Ganahl, a wife, mom of four, CU Regent, and the founder of Camp Bow Wow and The She Factor. With a passion for keeping the spirit of our state alive and well, I started this podcast to bring the people of Colorado together to celebrate the amazing state we call home. Come along on this journey with me as I travel across our old country roads in my vintage RV, interviewing folks that embody the true spirit of the Rocky Mountains. From the Front Range to the Mile High City to the Wild West of Southern Colorado, we'll celebrate the history, beauty, and Coloradans that make this place the colorful state it is. Each week, you'll meet people trailblazing the way for an even more colorful future for us all, making a huge difference along the way. Are you ready for a Rocky Mountain ride? Let's do this, Colorado. Welcome everyone to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I am so excited to have Erin Pulling, the CEO of Food Bank of the Rockies with us today. Talk about an incredible organization that's doing wonderful things in Colorado, especially after COVID. She rocks, she does so many cool things in her history and her career. And I want her to tell us all about it, but Erin, why don't you say hello and introduce yourself real quick. Thanks so much, Heidi, and you rock. I am honored to be here. So yeah, I'm the CEO of Food Bank of the Rockies. To say this last two years, and really especially this last year during COVID has been challenging would be such an understatement. I'd love to yeah, share more about that with you and your listeners, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Erin. And one thing I wanna start with is you're a native of Colorado, right? Like you grew up here. I did, I grew up in what was called Littleton at the time, now Centennial, and I am Denver, person through and through. I, I wouldn't leave the Denver area for anything. I absolutely love it. We just were spent a week in Phoenix for spring break. Love Phoenix. But as we came into town, my kids said, wow, isn't our city great? Don't we love Colorado? I'm like, don't you forget it. You'll never leave town. Now tell me a little bit about your kids. You have three, right? I do. My kids are 16, 13, and 9. I know you have a house full as well with four kids and I, my three feels like 17 kids sometimes. So I don't know what your four feels like. And they're fantastic. We have, we, our kids run the gamut of all talents and skill sets, school performance. We have every end of every spectrum between our three kids, which keeps it really fresh and exciting and, and keeps it real. Um, all three of my kids are adopted domestically. They're all three African-American. So having a multiracial family is also just, added an, an extra dynamic into our family. And we feel so grateful to be parents to the kids that we have. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I've I've heard so many wonderful adoption stories recently. I, One of my dear friends is Hope Forty and she um, works diligently in foster care. And uh, we talk a lot about the miracle of adoption and fostering. And, you know, the, the people that that do that work are just special human beings. They bring a special gift to our planet. And um, I just am so grateful for the stories and uh, hearing about those journeys. I think it's a great example for young families and people who are open to those ideas about you know, creating a family. Boy, that can happen any which way, can it? We used in vitro and like, it's been a crazy journey too, but kids are wonderful no, no matter how they come to us, right? <laughs> Yeah, they are. We just feel so lucky. My son recently wrote in a school essay that genetics doesn't define family. And, you know, our extended family includes this big blend of biological and adoptive families and large extended families and people who 
maybe many families wouldn't consider families, but really to be a member of our family has, means having a connection to our kid. So some of our kids have strong connections to their birth families, others of our kids don't, and they're all part of our family. So our family birthday parties um, are pretty exciting. <laughs> That's so cute. How do they play into the work that you do? Like, how does that connect with your family? Do your kids volunteer or help with the effort? Yeah, you know, sometimes it feels like going to mom's job. So we always do a volunteer <laughs> job that's outside of Food Bank of the Rockies. And I used to be a Project Angel Heart, so it's outside of Project Angel Heart. So for years, we have prepared brunch at the Dolores Project, which is women and transgender adults experiencing homelessness. And now we have started delivering meals for Project Angel Heart. My kids also do come to distribute food here with Food Bank of the Rockies often and trying to teach them that's a really important part of giving back. And they also, 30% of their allowance they receive goes into a charity fund and then they make decisions on where they donate that money. And it's so fun to see them making those decisions. And sometimes it's different organizations than what we're supporting and it's their choice. That's fantastic. I I tried to do that with Tori, my oldest daughter, when I was building Camp Bow Wow over the years, and I would drag her to all the foster events for the dogs and on, you know, animal rescue trips. And and of course she adores animals now. I think I've forced that into her. She she loved them anyway. But um it just teaches kids that there's a bigger world out there, that there's a connection to their community. Um I I did a TEDx talk a few years back and it was called the art of the comeback. And the story was that I was in the pediatrician's office and I was talking about my daughter struggling in high school and having a rough time. And he said, you know, the key to helping kids through tough times is to turn them outwards, like help get them involved in volunteering or something that they're passionate about because then they realize they're part of a bigger thing. Like they're connected to other people, other human beings into the world. And I think that was just life-changing for me to learn that lesson. And I don't know about you, but as I look back to the things that happened in life, the way you get through them is usually through focusing on helping others. And I think that's the most healing thing we can do when we're going through a painful time. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. And I love that in your TED talk, Heidi. And just, and I think that teenagers just by nature, right, are incredibly self-absorbed. I mean, at a moment, <laughs> a little, a couple months ago with my 16-year-old, it's kind of a dumb story, but I had a, a bug bite on my finger, so it had all swollen up. And a couple of days later, he said, mom, how's your fat finger? I'm like, you just asked a question about another human being. <laughs> I did not know this day would ever come. Turns out you might be a decent human after all. But like, <laughs> on a bigger scale, like how do they focus and just think about people outside of their family, their friends and their situation, that not every family, not every person has enough food to eat. Not everyone has books in their house. And how can they just have that recognition and also a part of the solution that really as being responsible community members, that it is our jobs to step up and provide for people who don't have those same privileges. Oh, that's so beautifully said. And that's, I mean, that's why you're good at what you do. You make such a big impact on our community, whether it was through Project Angel Heart, which is one of my favorite organizations to keep an eye on, just incredible. And um, now with COVID, how has that changed your business model at Food Bank of the Rockies? And I know you just rebranded everything. How did that play into things too? Yeah, COVID changed literally everything about how Food Bank of the Rockies 
does our work. And when COVID first hit, first of all, in terms of operations, like how we receive food, how we package food, how we distribute food. Now all food is distributed through drive-through mobile pantries, as you've seen on national news. And also how food comes in. We have to stagger volunteers, have fewer volunteers, make sure that they're physically distanced and masked and everything is sanitized. And it felt like oh my gosh, can we even operate? I, re I remember those first days of COVID, like, can we stay open and can we do this? And our phone was ringing and people were emailing our partner organizations, our food pantry partners that we work with, because we provide food to about 800 other organizations like food pantries in Colorado and Wyoming. And they were saying, we are gonna be hit harder than we've, than we've ever seen. So many people are going without food and we're going to need Food Bank of the Rockies to step up more than you ever have. And so right then, like this is going to, we can't increase donated food by 50% overnight or really at all. I mean, we're really maxing that out already. So it meant spending a lot of money. I mean, we're talking a million dollars a month. And the way that we order food is by the truckload. And it can take weeks to receive a truckload of food. So then those first few days, like we need to order a truckload of food. And are we ready to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars? Our chief financial officer, I thought, was going to murder me. She was like, can we wait? We need to wait and see if the community is going to step up and support us. I was like, we can't afford to wait. Right now is our moment. This is our moment to decide if we're going to step up for people in need. And the answer is yes. And the answer isn't if we're going to step up, it's going to be how we're going to step up. So we're going to do it and we're going to believe that people are going to make financial gifts and volunteers are going to keep showing up to help make it possible. It was terrifying. I may have said it with a lot of confidence. I was like, whoa, I'm sweating. Is this going to happen? <laughs> that's such a that's such a great description of how COVID was for so many people, right? It's like fake it till you make it, figure it out, even as moms, right? And trying to juggle the whole homeschool thing and trying to work, trying to give back to our communities at the same time we're struggling. What's your take on the whole, you know, the whole challenge of being a mom and navigating this as I've had to do, and I know you've had to do that. What was the hardest thing about all of that? Oh my gosh, how much do we have? Like four hours? <laughs> and a glass of wine. You'd ask, for, yeah, you'd ask before about our rebranding and kind of how that played in. So I'll speak to that first. You know, we have a new logo and mission statement and values for Food Bank of the Rockies. That was a long time coming. Really, it was developed before COVID hit. Um, our old, just how the organization looked, didn't seem to represent that we were here with the community and for the community. It was seen as a little dated and not as much of a resource for community. So we've gone through this exercise to show up, like if we're gonna represent ourselves and what's important to us is that we're here for the community and that our values are things like service, integrity, collaboration, equity, innovation. How does our look, how does the look and feel the organization represent that? And we realized we had a mismatch. And so that's why we set out to develop a new mission statement, which is we ignite the power of community to nourish people facing hunger. So it was a long process. And then we ended up, have rolled that out in the last few months. I think we just, just it's been very, thank you. We love it too. And it just, it really speaks to who the organization is and who we want to be. It's very, everything that we set out in that is very aspirational. Like we're not doing it all perfectly. We're not meeting our values perfectly. We have to work at these every day, but they're incorporated in our team members' performance reviews. 
they are included when we interview candidates for a job to see if these values resonate for them. So it's really included in everything we do. So back to the question that you just asked though, like, you know, balancing being a mom and, you know, mostly I, how I make everything work is my husband. I'm lucky enough that my husband stays home with kids and because of our, the needs of my family and situation, we need to have a parent home full time. And so that's what we do. But with that, while that's such a gift, it also is a challenge in that I have to really work this is partially my personality and also just my family situation, but I have to really work to have some balance because I have the opportunity and the luxury that I can work 80 hours a week and my husband has everything taken care of. And that's not best though for my family. It's not best for my kids. So I need to, I'm continuing to work on making that choice so that I'm, I'm home to help get the kids to bed and ideally before that to engage with the kids and taking more time off and taking some time away. That's so well said. And I, I feel very blessed too, to have a great husband who pitches in when he can. He's an entrepreneur also though. So, you know, we have a crazy life and I, I do think it's important to surround yourself with people, whether it's your parents or my older daughter comes in town to help. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it really does take a lot of relationship and community to raise kids these days. And one of the difficulties, I think, when schools were, you know, shut down or we had to go online was keeping those connections and keeping our sanity, right, with our girlfriends and our fellow moms that were going through the same thing. And I, I know um, I've talked to a lot of folks about the She Session and how hard it is for working moms that have been displaced or, you know, now are trying to make some really difficult decisions about how to manage their families um, has that become an issue for you or, or your fellow team members or are you guys okay? You've gotten this out? Yeah, it's been, I would say every week during COVID has been a challenge. You know, kids <laughs> were out of school and, you know, it's, it's, I can't even say easy. It's easier for our team members and for people like me who have the privilege of being able to do my job from home when needed. When I have a sick kid or um, someone in my family has been exposed or something that I can still get my job done. That's not the case for our drivers and our team who works in the warehouse. And so it's a, been a constant effort and struggle for us to work with our team to provide as much flexibility as possible because our team members really needed it. I and mean, we have a lot of team members who are single parents and who have needed a lot of flexibility and who've been on quarantine or a sick family member. So we've done a lot of things just to through all of COVID, what we've tried to keep front of mind is taking care of our team. Because we, Food Bank of the Rockies is nothing if we don't have our volunteer team and our staff team here working in our distribution center. So we've done a lot of things like providing a lot of food, doing some you know, spot bonuses here and there, doing some mental health days and days off and just a lot of recognition. And we've received a lot of gratitude back. I'm sure we haven't, I'm sure we've made missteps along the way, but we've worked really hard to make our team realize how much that they are appreciated. Yeah, my favorite word for this time uh, has been grace, like giving each other grace and knowing that none of us know how to navigate this. There's no rule book. We're all figuring it out. We're going to do our best. And at the end of the day, we, we love each other. We care about each other. We care about our communities. And we're all going to step up as much as we can while still trying to survive right now. <laughs> Yeah, one of my team members recently was saying in a meeting, you know, I've never done this. And afterwards I said, you know, I've caught myself saying that same thing. We have to stop saying it. 
especially as women, we have to stop saying it. Because you know what? None of us have done this. But you know what? We're capable. Like, who do you, who, how many people have grown a business by 50% in one year? Well, maybe a lot of people, but it's been really challenging when it's a food bank, when we don't always know what food is coming in and what that need is going to be. And scaling up at that level that quickly has been incredibly challenging. Well, we've had supply chain challenges and a decreased workforce. And like we are capable and we have the ability. So let's just stop saying that we've never done this. I think that's a great point. Um, you know, shifting over to Colorado, this great state that we live in, um, there are amazing people here and we are facing lots of challenges right now. What keeps you up at night? What do you worry about for our state? Oh gosh, I mean, right now it's so much around food security. Like how and when is this gonna rebound? I mean, the statistics are devastating. When we look back at the 2008 recession, that it actually took food security levels 10 years to fully rebound. So, you know, in the first months of COVID, we thought this was gonna be so temporary. And of course, like we were all incredibly short-sighted, but like, what is it gonna look like now? What are our new projections? For how many years are we gonna see this heightened need? And fortunately, Food Bank of the Rockies has seen an outpouring of support. Volunteers and donors have stepped up. But is that going to maintain? Our expense budget has increased by 50%. That's $10 million a year. Our donors going to keep giving at the level that they are now, nine months from now, because food security is not going to is not going to rebound that quickly. It's going to take so long for people most impacted by COVID to fully recover economically. And that's what concerns me is the are the long haul. I mean, we're committed to being here for the duration for the long haul of this COVID response work, which is going to outlast what, when most of us think that the state is, and the country have gotten back to normal. And we just hope that the community continues to be here alongside us as volunteers and donors. Well, I hope so too. I believe they will. And if there are, way if there are ways that people can get involved, what's the easiest way to engage? And if you don't have a lot of time, what do your volunteers do or, or what are the options to help? Yeah. First and foremost, I think even more importantly than giving is if someone knows someone who needs food assistance, that they can come go to Food Bank of the Rockies website, which is foodbankrockies.org, to find a food distribution site near them, and that there shouldn't be any shame in being in a position of needing help with food. And if your listeners are finding that that's not their need, then oh, we would love for them to give back as volunteers or as donors to make a financial gift or to come in and volunteer. And volunteers can sign up on our website and come work in one of our distribution centers. It's packing boxes, it's it's physical labor. I mean, like we do not have volunteers standing around. They are really working hard to get food packed up and ready to go out the door. We also have volunteers working our mobile pantries where cars drive through to receive boxes of food. That's fantastic. You know, in my role as a CU Regent, one of the issues that's come up a lot in the last year is food insecurity for kids in college and how they're navigating that. And it's really been a, um, an interesting discussion about how do we help those those students and faculty that are really struggling. So I appreciate all you're saying, and I know that it takes it takes a full community to support those efforts, whether it's donating or volunteering. So I, I bet. Hopefully you'll get some new volunteers out of this, uh, this discussion. Um, I wanted to ask you a fun question. So you're a CU buff, you grew up in Colorado. What's the most Colorado thing you've ever done? Oh my gosh, 
probably the most, I don't know if this is Colorado or just crazy, but I like to run. It's like the only thing that keeps me somewhat sane and including when it's like below zero and blizzarding out. I have a treadmill sitting in our back room. We've had this treadmill for about two years. I have yet to step foot on it, but I will bundle up and go out in the blizzard to run. And it's so invigorating with, you know, snow stuck to my eyelashes and um, but I just love it. And I have a better day after that start to my day. Oh my gosh, Aaron, that's, that's so cool because there are two things I don't like. One is running and two is being cold. So I'm, that's amazing. <laughs> that's very nice to hear that, uh, that you can get out and enjoy the cold weather in Colorado. We've had a lot of it this year and hopefully we're headed towards sunnier days, but it's been a long, dark winter you know, in lots of different ways. And I just so appreciate all Food Bank of the Rockies is doing to help our community. And I would love to stay in touch and see if there's any way our, our listeners can help and support you. And obviously you're such an incredible gift to our state and our community. And I just wanna tell you how grateful we are for you. Thank you so much, Heidi. And back to you, you are such a leader and an entrepreneur and have an amazing story. And I'm honored to get to have this time with you. Well, thank you, Aaron. And I'll let you get back to uh, changing the world and making it a better place, one plate at a time. But uh, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us today on Heidi's Colorful Colorado. If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And definitely follow me on Instagram to keep up with my latest adventures. In the meantime, happy trails from me, Heidi Ganahl.